When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fenway Rundown Mass Lives Red Sox podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cotillo, joined as I frequently am by Chris Smith, my co-beat writer at Mass Live. And, and we have, at the same time, a lot to cover and very little to cover because baseball is still locked out as we record this on uh, March 3rd. Uh, pretty disappointing that we are in this boat and that we're not in Fort Myers watching Chris, um, you know, peruse the grocery store aisles and come up with dinner meals that you would never expect a human being to eat during the course of spring training. But uh, instead, we are both at our respective homes in Massachusetts in between Florida trips. I actually went down last week. Chris is going down this weekend. We'll get into that. Um, but but first, the big news of the week uh, for the second time in three years, Major League Baseball is going to have a shortened season. So far, only six games have been canceled. The first two series for the Red Sox, that's three against the Rays and three against the Orioles at home. Uh, you know, I know people said it's a sad day for baseball. I think that's pretty obvious. People are blaming mostly Rob Manfred and the owners. But, uh, you know, Chris, I know you've covered a lot since you've been covering baseball in the last few years. And just what are your overall thoughts and, and were you expecting we get to this point? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know if it was going to delay the season, but I knew that the, it was going to be, you know, I knew that it was going to delay spring training. I felt like at the beginning and, you know, like it's just been obviously the players association um, wasn't aggressive the last time they didn't, they didn't put a good deal in place. Uh, We saw that between the qualified free agent system with giving up a draft pick and stuff like that. And even giving up two draft picks in some instances, uh, if you go over to CBT levels, um, and also, you know, I mean, we, we saw how, how bad free agency was in recent years where it was just, mm-hmm. you know, it was just dead, uh, for the first couple of months. And, you know, when I started covering the Red Sox, I mean, that hot stove, I mean, things got started in late November and they really picked up in December. I remember the, you know, one of the first years I worked for Mass Live, the Red Sox signed, you know, David Price in early December. I mean, that's right. just the way things happen. The Chris Sale trade was early December, right? Yeah, that was at the winter meetings and Thorn, Thornburg was also part of that day. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, like things happen. And the last couple of winter meetings I've been to, and we didn't go, there wasn't one last year. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a couple there now. Um, it's just felt like nothing's happening. There's just like talk and nothing's happening. It's, it's It feels like the the GM meetings in a way uh, now. And so something needed to be done. They needed to be, you know, negotiate something. Um, And, you know, I think they talk about like, you know, meaningful, meaningful change here. They could have settled um, and, you know, gotten a little bit 
and then brought it up again in four years yep. or they could have delayed the season or they, you know, they could have, you know, decided to not accept and have the owners delay the season. And that's what happened. That sounds like you maybe more than others blame the players here, or is that not what you're trying to say? No, I don't blame the players. Um, you know, the players, I mean, but they did agree to a deal that they probably shouldn't have the last right. time. Well, I think they're trying to make up for like three bad CBAs all in one yeah. fell swoop here. And that's yeah. not, not going to happen. You know, it's, I you mean, there the was numbers. no, there was no time. I remember I was in, um, I think it was actually, yeah, it was right. It was the, the eventful trip, I think in 2016, where, you know, we went to the GM meetings and, uh, Donald Trump was elected president and they agreed to a CBA that I think yeah, that, that I, was at, I remember I was at he's not here that night so and same thing basically what's that basically yeah you were at the GM meetings I was at a bar in Chapel Hill so we were both working hard <laughs> so so like you know I remember that and and you know it was just like here's the CBA you know we've agreed to a new CBA and they like said they gave us all like a little like outline of what it was like and stuff mm -hmm. like that and it didn't seem like any of a big deal you know back then and then all right. of a sudden it was like oh I, the players I think we agreed to you know some bad stuff here I mean the, the taxes you know for going over the threshold and that's preventing you know owners from spending money and and, you know, signing free agents and the whole qualified draft pick thing where you give up draft picks and all that. And, you know, that's preventing, you know, guys that were on the fence on a qualifying offer, mm -hmm. you know, get, getting a deal right away, you know? So, yeah, I mean, there was a lot. So I'm not blaming the players, but could they have done better the last time? Could they have done better the two times before that? Yeah, maybe. I think that, you know, it's, it's so tough to actually know you know, what the truth is in these negotiations or the truth is on who's stalling here because the players are coming out and they're blaming the league. And, and, and I think, you know, there's so many players that are going on social media and telling different stories. You know, we saw Ross Stripling from the Blue Jays and Lance McCullers from the Astros and all these, you know, Scherzer and Andrew Miller. And, you know, there's a lot of very notable players coming out and, and blasting the league and players are blasting Manfred and, you know, fans are fans of the players first, um, you know, instead of the, the owners or the commissioner. And so I think fans are looking at that and they're, you know, very, very anti-league, very pro player. Um, you know, I think my guess is that the, the real blame probably lands a little bit closer to the middle than we'd know, just because, you know, the union's going to be blaming the league. The league's going to be, you know, blaming the union. I do think that the optics of Rob Manfred's press conference the other day in Jupiter were horrible. You know, the golf swing, um, not that someone with like a 40 handicap like myself can criticize anybody's golf swing at any point, but, um, you know, just doing that and getting a picture taken of that in the middle of those meetings was a horrible look. And then, you know, laughing and smiling at the beginning, middle and the end, I thought was, um, you know, not a huge deal, but definitely inappropriate considering kind of it was a somber day, you know, objectively for baseball. So, um, you know, just a bad situation as we sit here on, on Thursday, the, I guess Dan Halem and Bruce Meyer are both meeting in New York informally to talk about, I guess, the next steps. But um, we're deadlocked now. I'll ask you two questions um, before we, we kind of start talking about uh, my Florida trip, your Florida trip, and, and why we're going down there when there's not much going on. But um, first of all, uh, when do you think in your heart of hearts the season is going to start? I, I got some very interesting odds. The odds that Bet Online gave us were a little bit scary. Uh, the over-under on total MLB games being played is 120 and a half. So that's like basically a little bit more than a month canceled. When will the regular season start? 
April was 11 to 2, May 7 to 4, June 2 to 1, July or later 5 to 2, and no regular season 5 to 1, which means that there is a better chance that there is no regular season than games starting in April, according to the fine folks in Vegas. Uh, What do you think it's going to be? Yeah, I think it's, I think April is wiped out. That's my opinion. Um, you know, once that deal wasn't struck, I mean, what are they, you know, like things are going to go slow again. I, I like, they just spent 10 days or nine days, whatever it was like actually face-to-face person, you know, face-to-face both sides. And they made like no progress until the final two days. I'm right. just stunned that, you know, and as I said, when they, they decided to do these meetings, I tweeted out, I'm like, I could have told you they should have done this on December 1st, you know, mm-hmm. that face-to-face every day. It was like day. something like 43, 44 days where they didn't talk to start. So it feels like in that way, they never wanted, like one of the sides never wanted a season to start on time. And mm-hmm. I would guess that would be the owners. Right. Um, There's a lot it, of talk about TV deals and rebates and those types of things that yeah, are starting so, to leak out now. Yeah, so um, I I just I don't see anything happening until at least like a season starting until at least May. And for a Red Sox team that um, obviously we don't know what the final roster is going to look like. It's so impossible to think about like, does a shortened season help this team or does it hurt them? Um, Because I think the teams with good starting pitching depth, I think, are the ones that are built to last. I actually think the Red Sox have that now, um, and that's going to matter less the, the fewer games that happen. Um, you know, as of now, though, it hurts to lose, I guess, three games at home against the Orioles, which you, if you're going to circle on a calendar wins, I know it's a very simplistic uh, Mike and Mad Dog way of doing things. But, you know, that is probably, you know, games you don't want to lose. Obviously, um, the Rays, that's that's a tough matchup to start the season. The other thing that I just want to bring up, looking at the schedule, what is the rationale between the Rays and the Red Sox being scheduled to play at Fenway and not the Trop on March 31st? There is none. I mean, well, that's ridiculous. Really, that is that's actually insane. like, it's our job and it's important for us to work. You know, I mean, we need to, we need to work and everything, yeah. but that's actually one of the benefits, <laughs> of, of, you know, that we don't have to sit in, you know, 30, 40 degree uh, temperatures covering a game when it should be in Florida. I mean, that's ridiculous. Right. That, that well, now if, if, things, if things are starting the next week, which they probably won't, then it's, uh, April 7th, opening day at Yankee Stadium, outdoor press box. So yeah. pick your pick your poison there. I mean, I when when it's at Yankee Stadium at that at that time of year, I'm in the back room. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because they don't have a seat for you because you're not well known enough. <laughs> that's not true. Anyway, uh, not true. let's let's talk a little bit about Florida, which we I just went down. You're going down in a couple of days. Uh my trip was uh very eventful, I would say, for uh going down to spring training when spring training's not going on. Decided to explore Fort Myers for a couple days. It was supposed to be a two-day trip. Had a lot of travel issues. It ended up being a seven-day trip, which allowed me to go check out Jupiter and and be there for some of the negotiations outside, staring through the fence on Monday. But in Fort Myers, uh, kind of an interesting dichotomy of what's actually going on there. At Fenway South at JetBlue Park, uh, up until this weekend, it is closed to the public, except you can go in the team store or you can pay $10 for a tour. Uh, which I did. I think I saw the back of Haim Bloom's head, but nobody's talking. The media is not allowed in. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that were, it was February vacation week. There's a lot of people that were down there from New England for vacation. And, you know, they're, they had planned to go for spring training. And obviously that was ruined, which is kind of sad. The tour was was uh, kind of exactly what 
you'd expect the tour to be. Um, they were gearing up for for nothing. All the stadium workers were were basically all saying, you know, these guys really need to get their stuff together because we're we're getting sick of this. And I'm sure the Fort Myers economy is suffering as well. Day two of the trip, a little bit more interesting, went to uh, Florida Gulf Coast University where the Red Sox six of their pitchers and, and maybe more be joining them in the next couple days or weeks are holding their own camp. Chris Sale went there, so he's hosting everybody. So it's Chris Sale, Nick Pavetta, Matt Barnes, Cutter Crawford, Josh Winkowski, and Jay Groom, you know, throwing bullpens, throwing live BPs against college kids. It was it was actually a cool scene, you know, that these guys are trying to make the most of it. Um, and luckily, you know, Sale and Crawford going to FGCU, they have that facility right there. Um, but no, it's just, it's it was, it was strange, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I think the only sign of spring training was that Johnny Miller was in his same room at the Spring Hill Suites, itching and rearing and ready to go. He's been there for a couple months. But other than that, a very different form of Fort Myers than we're used to this time of year. And the one that'll greet you on Sunday is also uh, going to be pretty strange. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's is going to be a productive uh, time down there uh, for me, you know, because there are a lot of good prospects that are going to be there. I mean, the top yeah. three prospects in the organization, you know, Casas, um, Marcelo, and, uh, and York are all going to be there. And there's going to be a ton of good prospects there. There's going to be new guys like, you know, David Hamilton, Alex Benellis. Uh, am I saying that last name right? Yeah, for once, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, those those guys were from the Hunter Renfro, Jackie Bradley trade. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of prospects there that are interesting. And there's going to be a lot of, you know, ability to take video of these guys and talk to them and, and it should be interesting to see, you know, I mean, I'm boom. I'm sure is going to be around. Yeah. Alex and, Bora, I'm sure is going to be and around. not talking. I'm sure. Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, somebody has to talk from then, you know, if it's Brian Abraham, the director of play development guys, I mean, you're not obviously going to ask them like questions you would ask bloom. Right. But still, I mean, you know, there's, there's gotta be some people and maybe they will talk. So you know, I mean, there's going to be obviously interviews going on and there's going to be interesting things about prospects and, and different things like that. Um, but it's definitely going to be different. And I guess like the whole time you're going to be, um, you know, you know, looking at your phone and seeing updates are the Red Sox, are the actual major leaders going to, you know, yeah. to be joining the uh, the camp at any time, you know, and I, I just don't think that that's going to happen, that, uh, you know, in that time frame that I'm down there. Yeah, we were just talking before we started rolling here that, you know, what are you what are you packing for this trip? Because this, you know, seven, eight day trip could turn into a month and um, that's we could be summoned there anytime. I mean, there was I the way my trip ended a couple of flight cancellations and uh, had to fly out of Palm Beach and stay with a friend on the other side of the state. Um, Then basically, you know, while I was flying home from Palm Beach on Monday night, I was getting texts from people why don't you just stay down here and come to Fort Myers immediately? Cause we think this is going to get going, which was probably way too optimistic of a, of a view at that point. But um, if they struck a deal on Tuesday, I would have flown home Monday night, had to be probably back down there on Saturday. I, I wouldn't have gone Saturday cause Carolina's playing Duke, but I would have gone Sunday. Um, you know, I think it's just, we're kind of uh, on call to go down whenever I'm not saying that that's a, you know, that we're really complaining about that because I know a lot of people would love to, and people always want to go to spring training, but, it's uh, for planning purposes. If you're a baseball writer, this is not a great time. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you say that too. It's like, Oh, are we complaining about that? Well, it, 
it technically, you know, like it really isn't easy for us either. Yeah. Like, you know, just because we are baseball writers and we have a fun job, it's like, you know, I've got to um, get somebody to watch my kid and my wife's pregnant, you know? Right. So it's like, it's not like, you know, it's yeah, you not have a, like, you have it worse than me. I can just kind of, I mean, I'm not going to come, I'm not going to complain on Twitter and be like, Oh, this, this stinks. You know, I have no idea what's going on and I'm on call, but you know, there are some, you know, bad parts of it here. Right. For sure. And, and, you know, when, when spring training starts for the major leaguers, we will be down there. My golf clubs will be down there and the, the lakes of Fort Myers will be littered with, uh, noodles that i'll be bringing down uh i wanted to talk about something that i think is a little bit striking you talked about you know the idea of will people be talking red Sox people be talking um during that minor league camp you know whether it's haim or alex cora you know clearly so far the entire organization top to bottom has been really hesitant to talk you know i i requested haim uh cora and <laughs> shockingly this didn't pan out I re- I uh, requested John Henry for comment about <laughs> some of this stuff. I reached out. Yeah, I don't know what he. I maybe he just he hasn't seen the email yet. That's actually very ambitious of you. Yeah, for try. once, <laughs> for for once. The uh, yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna try to get an interview with John Henry, and yeah, like, well, we should be that. doing that. We should be doing that. That's right. Like, but we are. We, we are should be asking professionals, him, so to speak. We you know we don't really even think to because. He only talks like once every century. But right. It's been like twice since I've been <laughs> on the beat, and that was 2018. So there's not a lot, you know, coming out. The players really haven't talked. I talked to Matt Barnes, you know, uh, and I got him on the record while I was in Fort Myers. But generally, and I reached out to a few Red Sox players, some prominent ones, to talk about their um, thoughts on the CBA. You see these guys kind of popping off. You know, I don't know why I just said that because I'm way too old to use the phrase. But, you know, you see these guys going crazy. Uh, is that a is that a, a cool person's phrase popping? I up? believe it is. Yeah, I believe <laughs> if we asked my college age sister, she would give me the thumbs up and then tell me again that I'm too old, even at 26. Um, we see these guys going off and and complaining. I mentioned Stripling and McCullers, but you know, there's there's guys everywhere that are you know really forceful in their criticism of Manfred and saying that this is a horrible situation, all that type of stuff. And no one on the Red Sox is really doing that. And at the same time, like Matt Barnes is the Players Association rep for the Red Sox. He was, you know, two and a half, three hour drive away from Jupiter because he's down in Fort Myers. He didn't attend any of the meetings. I don't know exactly how they determined who um, who would, who wouldn't. So I'm not like blaming him, just making an observation. And then John Henry, as well as not responding to my request, did not attend any of the meetings. It's totally unclear how involved he is um we know that he was in liverpool last week just over the weekend while these meetings were really you know so heating up i guess just to me it seems like you know the the people with the red Sox that could be big players in this have decided not to and and the only guy you know they had all those players pose for that picture of solidarity after the cancellation of a few games was announced and michael walker was there from the red Sox. he was in the picture but there doesn't seem to be um you know, a lot of Red Sox involvement. I, I just have found it, you know, interesting. And uh, even Dayton Moore with the Royals came out yesterday and either did a press conference or, you know, released a statement about how sad it was. And um, we just haven't seen that, which that might just be a nitpicky thing as someone who covers the team and wants content, or it could be, um, you know, kind of interesting that, you know, they just, they don't seem to be as involved as other clubs. I don't, I don't know. It could be a mandate, you know, right. I don't really want them to talk about it either. You know, yeah. like the, from the higher ups, you know, I don't want, you know, Bloom to talk about certain things. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know that obviously, 
but um, yeah, that in so it should be interesting to see. I mean, he's got the ability to talk about some things this coming week, you know, because there's a bunch of prospects down there. Yeah, and you know, if you ask him about prospects during you know a regular time, he'll be glad to talk to you for hours about them. Right, and so um, you know, this is his thing. He loves he loves you know young players developing you know a system and stuff like that. So he should be watching workouts in there all the time and uh, but yeah i mean will he answer questions i have no idea the last thing i want to cover a different topic that was you know pretty newsworthy yesterday and got a lot of run around here even though you know i think some baseball fans have completely turned their brains off to the sport because of what's going on but the red Sox, at least uh and nesson they're at least working on a new booth a very new booth, obviously, you know, you can't replace Jerry Remy, but they need to have somebody in there to, uh, you know, split the games. Dennis Eckersley appears like he's going to do about half the games with Dave O'Brien and they're working on adding some other people um, for the other half. However, that might be, I was about to say 81, but it could be, you know, 60. Very interesting report from Alex Reamer yesterday, WEI, that the three guys the Red Sox are planning on adding to their booth are Kevin Euclid, which we've known about for a while, Kevin Millar, which is a new name, but a guy who has a lot of media experience and makes a lot of sense. And of all people, Tony Maserati, you know, I've reported before, Lou Merloni was in the mix, but he, um, the talks didn't get very far with him. Will Middlebrooks, I guess, was in the mix for a while. It doesn't seem like that's going to come to fruition. And then, uh, as I tweeted yesterday, Jake Peavy was another guy that they talked to a little bit. They considered a lot of names in this search. It seems like you know, based on Reamer's reporting and kind of the general sense that of, you know, Maz's comments on Aaron 98.5 yesterday that these are the three guys they're settling on. You know, Euclid, Millar, whatever, they're former players. Euclid has the studio experience from last year. Millar has been an intentional talk for forever. But, I mean, if you had the betting odds on Tony Maserati joining the Red Sox booth in 2022, that's like when they have, like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson for president at plus, like, 300,000. I mean, just things yeah. that are, are absolutely, you know, and in a couple of years when the rock is elected president, we can play this tape and, and send it to old takes exposed. But um, you know, Tony Mads, as he said on his show yesterday, he's been brutal on the Red Sox for, you know, decades. And so just an absolute shocker to me that they would be willing to have him in the booth. But I, I do give them a lot of credit there. Um, as long as they don't like, you know, censor him and, and tell him that he can't be himself, um, which is totally possible. I think it's, it's a real, you know, bold move and, and a, and a really uh, one that should be commended if it happens. Yeah, it shows some thick skin, obviously. From right, which is something Henry that the organization stuff. doesn't usually show. I mean, you know, so I think he could be very good. I mean, there's a lot of hot takes, obviously, from yeah. um, two to six. But when he does that baseball show from six to seven, it's one of the most engaging and interesting, you know, radio shows there is. Um, right. And so I think, you know, he knows baseball. I mean, he, he was on this beat for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's he's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how he analyzed. I mean, we've always heard his analysis, you know, a day after um, how he, and, and you know, analyzes stuff in real time. Um, but, I you know, if there's anyone that a talk show host uh, or, you know, person around here that can do it, I, yeah, I think he's, he'll be good. Yeah, I think so, too. I also do think that, you know, we don't know the breakdown of games. We don't know if it's going to be three-man booth, two-man booth, whatever. Um, I, I'm not expecting him on there for, you know, more than probably, you know, 15, 20, 30 games in, in a full 162-game season. Um, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the Red Sox handle it if he says something that, you know, ruffles feathers. If they are at a point, you know, four or five years ago where Dennis Eckersley, who 
you know, let's face it, he can be critical. He can he can tell you how he feels, but at the end of the day, still pretty much a homer. You know, when you have somebody who's definitely definitely not a homer in the booth, um, and if they have it on the in on the they have it on in the clubhouse, that that might ruffle some feathers. And who knows if they're going to travel or not? But stuff with the team playing, it's just going to be um, really interesting to see that play out. I think. Yeah, in terms of like, uh, you know, um, people have said to me yesterday, oh, like he's been hard on ownership. I think he's been, you know, fair. He doesn't have any, like, I think his takes on the Red Sox are, are pretty, you know, fair. Um, you know, I, I think Felger and Maz, I mean, I heard Felger for a little bit a couple of days ago um, saying, you know, the Red Sox do spend money. The only, you know, the, I mean, a lot of, the talk yeah. is, oh, ownership doesn't spend and commit and stuff like that. And yeah, people you know, want they, to find they, out. They can look they up your tell, payroll story from the other day. Yeah. So, I mean, they all, they all, um, you know, they criticize where areas that need to be criticized. And so they are actually fair on, on you know, they don't say things, you know, that aren't true, <laughs> you know, right. in terms of Henry. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see, but I, it should be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to him. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, like I said, bold move by the Red Sox if it comes to fruition. An interesting little storyline if this season ever does get underway. So that's Chris Smith. I'm Chris Catello. We'll hopefully uh, next time we talk have a little bit more. I mean, this was actually packed considering, um, you know, a little piece of baseball died the other day. But, um, you know, Chris Smith's heading down to Florida for minor league camp. Some good stories, uh, as always, from Chris Smith that their headlines will look like Mad Libs, but read to the end. You'll get something out of them.